Hello, everyone. Welcome along. It's a new week. It's Betting Weekly WTA show, and we're looking ahead to the big tournament this week over in Dubai. I'm delighted to say joining me is our WTA handicapper. It's Roy Giovanni, who's got me up extremely early. I haven't had a chance to, to really open my eyes, but he's, 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 he's an early bird, is Rory, and uh, we've got him up. He's got me up nice and early to talk women's tennis. Good morning to you, Rory. Morning, Nigel. How are you? I could have done another 25 to half hour in bed. That's something I could have done with. I haven't had the shave. I don't feel that. I feel absolutely exhausted. But do you know what? It's good to talk tennis. It's good to come back to you and talk a little bit of tennis today. Uh, last week didn't really go to plan. Uh, we had a couple of really near misses. It's two big price semifinalists in the opening two weeks of the year. But last week in Qatar, didn't really go to plan for us. Uh, our each way pick, which I thought was a really good each way pick. Corey Goff got beat in the first round. And uh, obviously, Ostapenko got beat by uh, Azarenka, who seems to always beat Ostapenko 5-0 now at the head-to-head. As we were told after the event by a lot of our subscribers and a lot of our uh, followers on Twitter. Um, before we move on to this week, which is in Dubai, as we've said, uh, Igor Strontek, she won her third title, back-to-back titles, uh, successive titles over in uh, Qatar. Um, she had a little bit of question marks about her going into the tournament, obviously, after a shock defeat at the Australian Open. She answered them. And she extends her long run as world number one at arguably what was, uh, apart from Roland Garros, probably her favourite tournament of the year. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, for our picks, Coco Goff going out first round to Katerina Siniakova was a real shock. I'm not sure what happened there. Um, she hasn't performed that well in the Middle East in recent years, Goff. Um, so that's maybe one thing to watch this week. Ostapenko, as you said, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of tennis before Ostapenko met Azarenka in the last 16. Um, I, I still think it was the right player. I mean, Ostapenko was the only player in that half with a chance of stopping Spiontek, in my opinion. And if Azarenka hadn't have got there, if Ostapenko had beaten Azarenka, which it just didn't happen. It, Azarenka just knows which buttons to press when she plays her. Um, and then, of course, Azarenka was, was well beaten by its Spiontek. Um, she just seems to raise her. If Ostapenko's in the draw, in her part of the draw, she just seems to raise her game, it seems. But yeah, 5 and 0 now record. Um, what else to take from the tournament? Obviously, there was no Arena Sabalenka in Doha, but two of the big three made the final. Rebecca backing up last week's Abu Dhabi victory, the run to the final. I would have reservations about her following that up again in Dubai, as she's played more tennis than most this season. We saw last year how she picked up niggling injuries, which blighted her campaign. Um, she was actually 4-1 up in the final yesterday, and then she had managed to hurt her leg on the follow-through on a serve with her racket. Um, so she needed a bit of treatment. Then Sviontek came back. Um, other players to watch, to note from Doha, great to see Anastasia Pavlichenkova and, and Danielle Collins finding form. Uh, and Karolina Pliskova, after her victory in Linz, she looks back to something like her best. Her serve isn't quite offering at maximum capacity, but she's winning a lot more games on return than she has in, in the recent past. So that bodes well for her season. She actually withdrew before meeting Spiontek in the semi-finals, which I think she did last year in Dubai as well. Um, I think she was beaten six love, six love by Spiontek once in, in a previous meeting. Um, but she says it's because of her lower back. She's played, so she went straight from, from Linz to Abu Dhabi and then um, to Doha. So she has played a lot of tennis in recent weeks. So uh, that's uh, the excuse she gave, the reason she gave. Um, and um, 
think she might be a little bit doubtful for this tournament. I think she said she was having an MRI scan um, after um, withdrawing from that semi-final. But uh, yeah, on to, on to Dubai now when Sabalenka is back. Yep, Sabalenka, Sabalenka is back. Um, talking of Pliskova, I mean, I opposed her pretty much in every single round, thinking there's no way that she can maintain that performance levels after the win in Romania. But she did, and she cost me lots of money. So she's definitely in room 101 for me at the moment. I'm putting Karina uh, Pliskova well away from any betting for me at the moment in time. Every time I faded, she, she put in a great performance. The other takeout for me, I thought Leila Fernandez played well, and then the US Open champion, uh, the runner-up. Um Played really well last week, and I thought that was a, a promising sign. And really, you know, when you look at it, that there is, I know there is this, this sort of, it's like the Premier League, isn't it? Like soccer league, you've got this top four on the women's tennis who are just a little bit better than everyone else, and then you've got all the others playing for like Europa League places, effectively. Um, but the one thing I noticed about Dubai before we come on to the conditions here in Dubai, if you're looking at the top four, and the top four are all in action, we come on to some odds in a minute. Tournament. Favourites here, number one seeds, don't do very well. If you go back no. through the list of previous winners, I mean, Krajikova won it last year. Uh, Ostapenko won it in 2022. Muguruza, uh, Halep's won it a couple of times. Benchik, Svitolina. Usually when I prepare for these shows and I look at the, the previous winners, you always see the name Igor Schwantek in recent years. You may see Ash Barty pop up. You may, and you're, you're inevitably going to see me, uh, Serena Williams. You don't see any of them in the winner's enclosure here. Um, any particular reason why you think that is? I'm not sure, to be honest. Yeah, as you say, Sviontek's never won Dubai. She was beaten in the final last year by Barbara Krajikova, who's currently out injured. Um, I mean, going back, I mean, Sara Irani won this tournament in 2016. Yeah. Not quite sure how that happened. Lena Svitolina won it in 2017 and 2018. Um, Rebecca was actually runner-up to Simona Halep in 2020, way before her Wimbledon 2022 breakthrough. Uh, Pliskova reached the final back in 2015 when she lost to Halep. Um, I think one reason, um, and I was looking at Victoria Azarenka, who's never got past, I think it's never got past the third round here. Um, she hasn't played it many times because I think, because it, it's at the end of the sort of Middle East swing uh, before they head to the United States. Um, a lot of players over the years have, have actually tended to skip it. So Azarenka hasn't played here very much at all. Uh, in recent years. I think she was due to be number two seed a couple of times and pulled out. It is the one where I think tennis catches up with a few players. Um, there was one tournament, I think it was the Irani one, did take some notes. Um, in, in 2016, when Irani won it, it was the first time in WTA or ATP Tour history that all the seeded players lost their opening matches, which is I don't think it's happened since either. So I think maybe it's because Players are tired by this point. They've had a couple of tour quick tournaments before it, or they're you know, feeling injuries and pulling out. So that could be the reason why there are a few shots in this one. But uh, yeah, it's a strange one because, you know, as as a tournament itself and conditions go, it's pretty similar to Abu Dhabi. Uh, it played a fair bit slower than Abu Dhabi and Doha last year. Uh, Doha actually didn't play all that quick uh, the week just gone. Um, I don't know. It, it's just, I guess it's just a build-up of tennis. Uh, obviously, Sviontek didn't play uh, in Abu Dhabi, but but she won in Doha. Um, and we know how hard it is to follow up tournament mm. victories. Um, you know, Rybakina did really well to reach the final in Doha, but ultimately couldn't get it done. 
Yep. Back-to-back WCA 1000 events is always difficult as well. Obviously, there's a big, big match and the weights before, and then they come across here. The conditions will be similar. I would expect the weather conditions will be very, almost identical, but the results might not be as similar, whereas the two, one of the two, two market leaders made the final over in Doha with Rebakana and Igor Schwantek. They're both in action this week. Before we come on to the odds, let's have a look at the, the bracket. Let's look at the draw. Before we do that, we're going to ask you the conditions. Now, the conditions in Dubai, I've been following it closely because I'm traveling there next week. Um, not as hot as they usually are this time of year. They had a lot of rain two weeks ago, which was making me very, very nervous. But now I've seen people sitting on Jamara Beach, sunbathing, and I think they're a bit more comfortable today with the weather. Um, but a lot of wind around. conditions. Now, this tournament starts today, Sunday. It's one of the reasons why we're coming on early. It starts on Sunday morning. So we're only going to give you the outright prices. No, none of the match better. Head to the Bet Rivers website for the match bets. And obviously, if you if you watch live, you can bet live as well on the Bet Rivers app. So you can bet live and watch the match on the Bet Rivers app. Um, what do you think of the conditions here? Because it is a little bit cooler than what it has been in the last few years. Yeah, I think that may have explained why um, Abu, beg your pardon, Doha played reasonably slow. Um, and Dubai, it's, it's going to be a little bit warmer in Dubai than it was in Doha around sort of 80 Fahrenheit, 27 Celsius most of the week. As you say, it looks like it would be very windy the first couple of days. Um, but with the top eight seeds getting buys into the second round, as was the case in Abu Dhabi, you'd expect the top players to miss the worst of that. So um, I remember when I was talking about Rebecca in Abu Dhabi and, and saying it's going to be windy. She didn't start her campaign, I think, until the Thursday when uh, most of the wind had subsided. So... In that respect, yeah, you know, the, the conditions aren't as warm as perhaps they've been in the past and, and as we'd expect. So the, the the speed will be a little slower, but I'm sure it will play pretty similar to, to Doha last week. Yeah, let's have a look at the draw. But the draw is the most important thing in tennis betting when you're having a little bit of bet on the tournament winner market. And the number one seed is Iga Svantec, and she's at the top of the of the of the, the bracket. Obviously, the top eight seeds again in, in WTA 1000 events always get a buy through to round number two. So if we look at the seedings, obviously there's some very very dangerous opponents in those quarters. But if we look at seedings, we're looking at Svantec v Svitolina. Svitolina's won it twice before here. Kazakina against Ken Wenjeng was very disappointing last week. Uh, Coco Goff up against Karenin Garcia. Ostapenka against Onjabur is having all kinds of trouble. That is the top half of the draw. The bottom half of the draw is an out-of-form Sakari against Haddad Meyer. Uh, Alexandrov against Rybakina. Uh, Von Drusifa up against Samsonova. And Kudometsova up against Arena Zabalenka. Uh, as I said before on these kind of shows, if only it was as easy as predicting that way that draw is. And the women's game at the moment, I don't think there's much between players ranked 14 and players ranked 44 at the moment. So that is the order of, of the of the draw. Uh, we'll get Rory to break down where he believes the value in the draw is. But we're going to give you some odds. Obviously, it's a betting show. And the first this the, the first bit of the, the, the puzzle, the, the, the market leader, shocks me. Uh, Sabalenka is is the favourite. The Australian Open is favourite. She's making a comeback uh, since Melbourne uh, here in Dubai. Quite a lengthy time to be off a tennis court, and she's gone straight back in at plus 260. Now, a lot of people would think whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. We're going to come on to that in a second. Igor Svantec, fresh from her triple win or her third successive win 
over in uh, Qatar. She's three to one. Then we have uh, Goff at plus 550. It was very disappointed, as we said last week. Uh, Rebakana at plus 550 as well. So that's that top four. So 263, 550 and five. Then we go into the uh, the Europa League places. 16 to one for Kenwin Zheng. Uh, 22 to one, Ostapenka. 30 to one, Samsonova. 33 to one, Onjabur. Svitolina at 35, Azarenka at 40. Kazakina 50, Pavlyuchenkova plus 50. Uh, then we have... Uh, Sam, who's that? No, Zachary, 50. Von Drusser at 50. Hadeb Meyer at 50. And finally, uh, Fernandez at 50 as well. So they are the outright odds. Before we go into the, the into the market in depth, Rory, Sabalenka, tournament favourite. Not, you know, hasn't got a great record here. Number two seed, long time off. Is the rest going to do her good or is, is she going to come back rusty? I mean, that's a I'm surprised that she's the favourite, really, Anne. Yeah, I, I suspect it's partly down to her draw, which doesn't look the most difficult. Um, she's had a similar build-up to last year. So after winning the Australian Open, she skipped Abu Dhabi and Doha, came back in Dubai. Never got past the quarterfinals here. Last year, she went out in the quarterfinals to Krajikova, who obviously had that incredible run beating Sabalenka in the quarterfinals, Pegula in the semis, and then Svantec in the final. But her draw doesn't look that difficult. You know, it, it certainly doesn't look as difficult as uh, Svantec in the top half. Um, looking at Sabalenka's run, she could face uh, Diana Jastremska, the Australian Open semi-finalist, or Veronica Kudometova, or Sofia Kenin in the last 16. Then possibly Mira Andreva, or Pavlyuchenkova, or Sam Sonova in the quarterfinals. Marketa von Drusev is the other top eight seed in that section, but she's struggling at the moment. And then it's Rybakina, Azarenka, or Ekaterina Alexandrova in the semis. As draws go, it's not the worst for Sabalenka. Whereas looking at Sviontek in, in the top half, um, you know, she faces Sloane Stevens, uh, probably Sloane Stevens, or, or Clara Burrell, actually. That's quite an interesting matchup, Stevens Burrell in the first round. Um, Sviontek faces the winner then Alina Svitolina probably in round three which is very interesting of course Svitolina beats Sviontek at Wimbledon when they last met uh, and Svitolina is a two-time winner here looking at then Daria Kazakina who uh, didn't really play well at, in, in Doha but she had a really tough time in Abu Dhabi reached the final played a really grueling semi-final against Beatrice Tadajmaya she's she's recovered now um or possibly Chin Wen Zheng in the quarterfinals, who I think is underpriced. I think she's a player to oppose. Um, as I said last week, she reached the final of the Australian Open without beating a player ranked in the top 50. Everything fell right for her. Early exit last week. Um, and then probably either Pliskova, Ostapenko or Goff in the semis. Um, I said Pliskova, I think I said she won Linz. Of course, she won in Cluj in Romania. Um, the tournament win a couple of weeks ago. Um, Javert is also in the second quarter, as you said, she looks totally out of form and she was in tears in Abu Dhabi during her defeat to Hadaj Maya, later saying she had a knee issue. Then she lost her opener in Doha to Lesia Serenko. It's not looking good for the Tunisian at present and she admits she's, she's struggling with her fitness. So that second quarter, well, the top half, it looks interesting and it looks a tough one for Sviontek I've had a good look at Ostapenko's run. Obviously, we were derailed by Azarenka last week. Azarenka's in the bottom half, thankfully. Um, 
I think Sviontek could struggle in this top half. As I say, Svitolina in round three, and then in the semis, you know, possibly Ostapenko in the semis. I think that's a tougher run. It could explain the difference uh, in the prize, could explain why Sabalenka is the outright favourite. Yep, I think you're absolutely right there. I mean, it's a definitely a, a much tougher section in that top half of the draw with some dangerous opponents floating around, including Ostapenka, Hemingen, Goff as well. And that bottom half does appear to be the weakest part of the section. Um, just before we go into your pick here, Rory, I mean, we look like if we, if we went to seedings again, you know, you said Shrontek might struggle. We look like we could have Shrontek, Goff, Rybakina and Sabalenka as a semi-finalist here. You know, it's very likely that the, one of them, the final will be contested between those four. Is there anyone you think this season who can break into that top four? Or do you think, you know, it's going to be the next person who breaks into the top five and potentially Andreeva coming along at the end of the year or maybe next year? But do you think there's anybody here in that lower section that could come out of the pack and challenge the top four? It's, it's very difficult to put, put your finger on someone, isn't it, really? It is. I, I think you will get the your tournament where someone has a great run and, and makes the sort of semis, finals, perhaps even wins it. Um as far as actually challenging them in sort of rankings and regularly every week, I can't really see it. I think they're just a bit bit too far ahead at the moment. Um, I mean, looking at the draw, but then you have weird ones like Goff losing in the first round last week, something I still can't really explain. Um, Siniakova is a capable player, but there's no way Goff should have lost that. Um, speaking of Goff... Um, She's in the second quarter. She could face Pliskova or Karolin Garcia in round three. Then it's Ostapenko or Jaber or Paola Badosa in the quarterfinals. Sviontek in the semis. Obviously, we know what happens when they meet. Sviontek usually wins in straight sets. Um, I mean, in this tournament, excuse me, I'm being bothered by my cat. <laughs> I'm going to have to chuck out of the room. Um, it's a really tricky one because the third quarter doesn't look the most difficult. It looks winnable, especially when you've got Rybakina in there, who, as I say, has played a lot of tennis. Um, she could face Azarenka first up. As I say, Azarenka doesn't have a great record in Dubai. Possibly Alexandrova in round three. And then there are a couple of players who, I'm not sure about breaking into the top four, but could have good runs here. Um, I mean, you know, you're relying on players being out of form. You mentioned Sakari's out of form. She's in that third quarter. Um, Beatrice Hadajmaya didn't really turn up in Doha. Again, she had a really gruelling semi-final in Abu Dhabi. Emma Navarro had a good time in Doha. She's playing well. She took a set off Rebekina. Um, and there's Leila Fernandez, who you mentioned, who was up on Rebekina in the first set. Um, they're two players, I think, who are quite interesting here. Given that Rybakina sh should be tired, you'd think, after her recent exertions. Um, and I, I still say there's a question mark over Sabalenka. I get why she's favourite. But, you know, she's never got past the quarterfinals here. It's a similar prep. She could be rusty. Her draw doesn't look the most difficult. But, you know, how many times have we said that about, you know, we got last week, said, Jordan doesn't look most difficult and and they're upset by someone you know we, we saw Sabalenka lose to to Kenin last year I think it was in Rome and that seemed to come from nowhere 
I think my mind is to oppose both favourites. Obviously, it didn't work last week with um, you know Sviontek and Rybakina both making final, but you know it's. I think we're better off looking for something at bigger prices here. Um, and as you say, Dubai is a tournament that has seen its fair share of shocks over. Yeah, definitely lots of shocks here. And I think the favourites, if you are going to get a beat, this is the tournament to get them beat. And the favourites doesn't have a very good record here, tournament favourites on the outright market. So looking further down the list, I, I can see where you're coming from. Are those two players that you've mentioned there, Navarro uh, and uh, who's it? I can't remember who's the other one you said. Leonardo Fernandez. Fernandez. Are, they, are they on your or radar for the tournament winner here or are we, are we going to go elsewhere for our official pick? Well, my first pick is going to be from the top half. And I'm going to back Ostapenko again. And right. just based on not much has changed since last week. You know, she got through to that last 16. I think she's still in great form. She just came up against Azarenka, who seems to know how to beat her. Um, I've looked at that top half. There don't seem to be any spanners in the work like Azarenka last week. And so I'm still of the opinion that she's in excellent form. So she would be my main pick in the top half at, at $22. Um, if, you I still her, think if you look at so her draw, sorry, Roy, she plays a qualifier in round one. I don't know, probably should know how to qualify by now, but it's still on my draw yeah. as a qualifier. She then plays um, potentially Paola Badosta, who's not having it at all well at the moment. Mm. So that's a winnable match for her. And then on Jabir, and you know, the way on Jabir's playing at the moment, she, she, she'd be, I'd oppose her against anybody. So that, 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 that route will take her through to the quarterfinals where she plays Goff, who... You know, we got beat in the first round last week, so um, you know that that looks a pretty easy route for her to get to the quarterfinals. And she, you know, she's twenty-two to one. She hasn't really changed much in the betting what she did last week. No, and and she's got a good head-to-head -head record against Goff. When she has been in form, she she's performed well against Goff. Um, so I I think you know you can't really desert her now. She's playing Zhi Yu Wang in the first round, uh, the Chinese left-hander. Again, a match she should win. Um, I still think she's the most likely player to beat Sviontek in the top half, um, as well as Svitolina. I mean, Svitolina is interesting. This is her first tournament back from injury after the Australian Open. So my worry is that she isn't fully tuned up. Um, but in the top half, Ostapenko is my pick. In the bottom, as I say... Just before we move on from Ostapenko, sorry, Rory, just before we move on, what about the... Uh... The, the reaction to the defeat against Azarenka. We haven't mentioned that. You know, oh, she refused well. to shake hands. It's very typical Ostapenko, but it, that was a little bit silly, wasn't it? She's a bit stroppy, isn't she? I mean, it's, it's not the first time she's been like that. Um, it's weird because when, when I saw her playing in Linz, and, um, she seemed a bit more chilled out than previously, but it's, it's always there. It's always under the surface. She is, she is quite temperamental and, and I guess, you know, she must have been so frustrated because she must have really fancied her chances in Doha. And then Azarenka again, she just does not know how to play her. Um, thankfully, she won't play her here um, until perhaps the final. Uh, very unlikely Azarenka will get that far. But hopefully Ostapenko can and, and um, earn us some cash. So we're sticking with Ostapenko in the top half of the draw. She, she's the one player I think who could potentially challenge the top four if she gets her head right. You know, we know what she's like at Clay. She's a former uh, French Open champion. I think if she can get a game going and hopefully gets it going this week, she can 
uh, challenge the top four and make it more of a little, little bit more competitive for the top end of the market. Um, so that's in the top half of the draw. In the bottom half of the draw, which we believe is a little bit weaker, actually. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what you have offered for us here in this bottom half. Well, <laughs> I, I, I'm a little bit scared because I think both of them are in action today. So I, I don't really want to have the situation. Actually, one of them's in action later today. I, I, I'd really like the situation. Don't want a situation where one of them's out before the podcast has gone live. But um, Leila Fernandez, I think, is interesting. Um, showed signs of getting back to her best last week. Um, bumped into Rebecca, made a good start against Rebecca, and then lost. Um, she's fifty dollars. Her draw is doesn't look that difficult, and perhaps her main obstacle in the draw is Emma Navarro. Um, now, I quite like Fernandez at the prices. Navarro has to be a bet because Navarro is one hundred and fifty dollars. That's just too big. Okay, no matter what your standpoint on the tournament, looking at the draw or anything, Navarro should not be three times the price of Leila Fernandez. Um, Navarro has been in great form um, in the last few months. Um, you know, as I say, she she took a set of Rebecca in a last week in Doha. Um, I, you know, I'm tempted to back both just very small stakes um, and, and the prices allow us to do that. So I'm going to have, this sounds terrible, I'm going to have a quarter of a point each way at Navarro at, at $150 and I'll have a half a point each way on Leila Fernandez. I think one of them can get through to the later stages and then, you know, who knows if Sabalenka gets that far, but it's a tricky one, as as we've said. You know, Sabalenka is the favourite. She should get through that bottom half. It doesn't look the most difficult. But this is Dubai. Shocks happen. And she could be a bit rusty, a long break after uh, the Australian Open as last year. Yeah, this is a tournament for shocks, as we say. That third quarter is pretty, pretty weak as well. Zachary is not in great form. Rebecca is obviously the form horse. But she has... A- <laughs> A lot of problems with her. One week she can have a real big high, and her fitness levels aren't the same the following week. So she's she, she's never a hundred percent when she goes deep in the tournament the week before Rebecca. Rebecca, she's always worth a, f- a fading there. So um, I can see the reasoning for for looking to oppose Rebecca. Um, and it's a very hard tournament. Two one thousand events back to back is hard for anyone who goes deep. So this could be a tournament of shocks. And why do you, why do you say you feel bad saying that Navarro one fifty? I wasn't nothing bad about that. Oh, I'm bad about only doing a quarter points each way oh. <laughs> rather than. Nah, <laughs> rather. That, nah, but I do, a... as I say, because she plays later today. I don't want the situation where I've lost a point before, <laughs> before you know, the day's out. It still so, wouldn't be uh... the worst handicap we've had on this channel, mate. So don't worry about that. <laughs> that, that there's, don't worry about that. We'll be okay with that. But uh, so we've got three picks at very different odds there and all with the same kind of th- momentum and same kind of feeling about them. That you know, We want to oppose the top four. We think that, the challenge of these two tournaments coming quick and fast uh, 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 makes the, the the top four vulnerable. You know, they are the class horses. They are the best players in the world. But to have two competitive tournaments back-to-back is a, is a big, big ask. And uh, we like four people here. Four, sorry, three players here at a very big price. Having uh, the Penker at 22 to 1 in the top half of the draw. That's a one unit each way pick, Rory. Yes, it is. Well, we're going to go for Leila Fernandez at 50 to 1, a half a unit each way in that bottom half. And finally, uh, Navarro, Emma Navarro, the American, a uh, quarter point each way at 150 to 1 for the tournament in Dubai. Uh, Roy, thank you very much for getting me up nice and early. 
I appreciate that. <laughs> That's I all right. That you've you've held up quite well, I think. You've done well. Do you know what? I'm I'm absolutely shattered. I'm absolutely shattered. <laughs> I literally woke. I didn't set the alarm clock. I woke. I woke up. I'm, I thought oh, it's ten to eight. So I thought, oh no, I've got ten minutes. I've got to quickly get get rid of. He had no draw prep preps or nothing. So I had to quickly get ready. But uh, uh, thanks very much for have a great weekend. And everybody else watching, have a great weekend. Remember, the tournament does start. It's starting now. So this is a we've recorded this on Sunday. The tournament started a day early on Sunday. Check the Bet Rivers website out. They've got 29 different markets available on all the first round matches, and you'll be able to get some first round picks throughout the week on our betting weekly WTA angles, which we posted on Twitter and across our socials. Remember to download this podcast, Betting Weekly uh, WTA. Subscribe to Betting Weekly Studios on YouTube. Thank you very much for all the new subscribers on there. They're, you're coming in thick and fast every, every day. I log on and there's a new dozen or 20 odd people coming on and joining the network so thank you very much for joining us there any questions you may have for me myself rory or any of our handicappers please put them in the comments bottom below and we'll get them answered and finally follow us on our socials at because we win which is the same handle on our twitter account and our instagram account our instagram account has a lot of offers win a t-shirt lots of special things and <laughs> of course there are lots of different um uh, hedging is for gardeners no i do i like that oh he's wearing it there we go <laughs> There it is. I didn't Head- know that. That wasn't scripted, <laughs> honestly. Um, it was the first thing I could find. Not when I got out of bed. Was, I just see it. I thought, quick, we'll quickly put that on. It was the first thing I could find. Uh, so, quickly come out. Hedging is regarded as one of the t-shirts. Lots of other t-shirts. Well, lots of competitions on the Instagram as well, and also lots of exclusive content. Uh, there's some football coming, soccer coming, thick and fast. The American football may be over. But the Champions League is back. It's big matches next week. And we've got you all covered on the Betting Weekly Studios on YouTube as well. Uh, Roy, thank you very much again. As always, have yeah. a great day. Good luck with your bets this week. And we're going for it. We're going. We're going for it. We're going to go for some big prices. We think that Fab Four are vulnerable at the top end of the market, and we've got three nice price alternatives to keep us going throughout the week. Well, hopefully one of them lasts the afternoon. Uh, <laughs> take care, and we'll see you all again next week. Take care.